This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey up, it's the No Name Never podcast, with your host, hey Jamie Smith. Good evening, welcome to the podcast, we've had a couple of weeks off, so I hope you've all um, been waiting and ready for us to come back. We've got a packed show tonight, lots of guests, um, so we'll kick off with James Bird, who was at the Forest game on Saturday. What did you make of the performance, James? Um, yeah, it was a good performance, I thought um, we, we defended well, we were going forward, we were probably terrible. Um, but, you know, from showing character to still get a, a tough point at a place like Forest, it was a good performance in that that sense. Do you think 1-1 was fair? Billy Davies seemed to think that his team had been a little bit robbed. Um, I wouldn't say they ever overly really tested Tom Heaton. So, I mean, if they were better at scoring, maybe they'd won, but um, they're not. So, I don't think he can really have any complaints. I know I saw a few Forest fans complaining about the penalty, but... Um, you know, it doesn't matter whether there's any intent, does it? He, he's handled the ball in the box. It's apparently every day of the week. Well, Steve Claridge on the Football League show said that it, it wasn't a penalty. I think he disagreed with the law rather than the award of the penalty. Yeah, well, um, Steve Natalie, idiot, we'll come to you. Hi. Yeah, well, no arguments there. Natalie, welcome to the podcast. What did you make Hello. of Burnley's performance on Saturday? I think I wouldn't disagree with what James said, to be honest. Um, when I came away from the game on Saturday, I was a little bit dramatic and I, th- I thought it was an awful performance and I was a bit down in the dumps. But having time to reflect on it following the game, I think we showed, as, as James said, a lot of character to still get that point away. I think the biggest issue for me was not necessarily the technical aspects of the game, but more of a confidence thing. They just didn't seem to gel as a team for me and they just didn't seem to look like they played like they have been playing. It was like, in some respects, they didn't know each other. Um, going forward, I think we created very little. Um, but I think defensively, um, there were a few nervy moments, but on the whole, they just seemed to dig deep when they needed to. Do you think maybe the international break had a negative impact on Burnley? Or, yeah, or do I do, actually. That? No, I do. I do think that. I think... When we were, certainly by the QPR game, 
I think the speed and consistency in which the games were coming at us actually helped us in that they just wanted to play all the time and they wanted to get back on the pitch. And they just it just seemed to be a continuation from one game to the next. Um, the international break just seemed to stop the momentum a little bit for me. And they just seemed just a little bit flat. They didn't, they didn't seem that fit to me. Um, they seemed just a little bit slow off the mark and just, just that split second slower than some of the Forest players I felt. David, you're with us tonight as well, Forest fan on the podcast. What did you make of, of the game as a whole? Do you think 1-1 was fair or should Forest have, have won the game? Um, yeah, I mean, there's a few points there. I thought that we were quite pleased with the one all to be honest. Uh, you know, Burnley yourselves looked a decent team and we were quite pleased to match the team at the top of the league. Um, we were a bit disappointed. I thought we'd probably done enough to sort of nick uh, a last-minute winner at the end. I thought we'd done enough possession-wise. I thought we'd had enough pressure as well. But uh, but uh, all in all, I think we are quite pleased with our last two games where we've taken three points off Leicester and a point off yourselves. I think that bodes well for us in the future. It's interesting that you're obviously seeing a, a point against Burnley as a good result because I, I assume we're being seen as the top side now. Do you think that's fair? What did you make of Burnley? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think so. I think um, bubbles and bursting would be a bit of a cliche, but uh, as, I, as, I, as I thought at the weekend, you're still up there by now. And I think, you know, if you're still there by now, I can't see the bubble bursting at all, really. And I thought that you were an impressive unit, especially defensively. Mm-hmm. I mean, think, a few people have made some points about the attack as well. Uh, I still think Ings causes a few problems when he drifted out wide right, but I also thought that we probably defended and handled him quite well. And I think maybe that's on Saturday. I think there was two very good defences, to be honest. Forrest had a few players out injured, didn't he? I think um, Sean Dyche, after the game, pointed out that you still had 30-odd players available. Um, did, did you think the players that you had missing made a difference to the result? We were pretty much full strength on Saturday. I see, yeah. I, yeah, I mean, I can see that. I think not really. We have got a big squad. We've had a lot of sign-ins, and, and, and uh, Billy Davis probably would like to think that we've got a, a tight squad. But, uh, you know, we, we've got plenty of players, to be honest. I do think, though, um, missing Andy Reid was a bit of a big loss for us. In terms of the championship, I think he'd walk into most teams. So we lost that little bit of quality in the final ball, which might have made a difference if he'd been fit. But we're certainly not going to make excuses about injuries. But the, just going back to the penalty as well, what James said earlier... Um, yeah, it was. It, it hit his hand in the area, and obviously, you know, that's good. Good claims for a handball. I think if it, if one of those goes against your team, you're a bit disappointed. And and it was a penalty, I guess. The only thing that disappointed us was that the linesman who was much closer to the incident didn't award it, and it, it was the referee that did. So that was a little bit galling. But yeah, I guess it was a penalty. It probably was one of those that if it had been against us, we'd have been a bit unhappy. But I think. Um... As Claridge said, the law as it stands, it's clear penalty, his arms in the air and it's hit. So I don't think there's any arguments there. So what about the rest of your season then, David? Do you think top two's realistic goal or would you be quite happy being in the playoffs? I think uh, as a Forest fan, we're kind of used to it under Billy Davis as, um, you know, our, our course, our destiny is set. Playoffs with some kind of glorious, uh, epic 6-5 defeat in the playoffs <laughs> at some stage. Um, Billy, Billy Davis almost, you know guarantees your place in the playoffs. And we're looking, we're looking fairly entrenched in there. We, like most teams, we probably think that if we had a, a sort of a mythical 20-goal-a-season striker, we'd probably be walking it. Um, but, but we haven't, so I think we'll probably end up in the playoffs. Do you think you're in the market for a player or two, maybe, before the loan window closes? 
Um, I think, like most clubs, uh, we, we usually are. Although this 20-goal a season uh, sort of myth, it is a bit mythical because we, we, we are scoring enough goals, basically. Um, and I think increasingly championship sides are looking to spread the goals around. Apart from your lot, obviously, who are banging them in for fun in the front two. But uh, we were quite pleased with how we handled uh, the front two, uh, your front two on Saturday, especially in the sense that... Um, uh, you know, there was a tactic that you used, which was really good, where, where Wings drafted out right and really caused some problems on occasions. But our young lad at the back, Lascelles, I thought he handled him superbly. And also in the second half, he probably saw our other defender, Jack Hobbs, was really struggling with a virus and he was knackered towards the end, I think. So, so you know, we can take credit from handling your front two, who have caused us and many teams problems. So uh, we're quite pleased with that. Probably one of those results where one all was was pleasing for everyone all round. Um, Natalie, we'll come back to you now because I know you've got to get going soon. Um, do you think the current run that we're on, it's been a few weeks now since we've had a win, do you think that's maybe weighing on the players' minds a little bit? Um, I did have, I had this conversation actually with my dad following the game. I almost felt on Saturday like we need to lose. And as this sounds ridiculous, obviously saying I want us to lose, but there was, there's almost a slight nervy feel to the game. And, and James may disagree with me here, but I just there's almost when you've, you're unbeaten for such a long time, there's almost a fear of that pressure of losing a game because you think the wheels are going to fall off and the, this run's going to come to an end and the season's all going to fall apart. And in some respect, and I don't know whether this is right or not, but I did wonder whether actually losing a game might do them some good but then on the flip side the last three games we've got three points I would much rather draw three and get three points and lose two and win one just because to keep that unbeaten run going and, and not get to you know, slip into a, a losing habit so what not when you sit on the fence but I'm a little bit undecided to be honest but maybe a, maybe a loss would give them a bit of a kick I don't know what do you think Maybe it's interesting. It's interesting. I think um, depending on how you look at it now, we're unbeaten in twelve in the league, but also mm. it's four. Is it four in all competitions now without a win? What What yeah. do you make of that, James? Do you think a defeat would maybe spur us on again, or are you quite happy picking up draws at the moment? Uh, I'm not sure. Obviously, I think if you you draw away from home, uh, win at home, you're going to be you're going to be around the, the top of the table when it comes to the end of the season, um, but. I think it is the case that the longer you go without being beaten, the the more it feels like you you probably due. Because um, I know, obviously, supporting uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins last year, they went on I think a sixteen game winning streak. And by the time you got to about fourteen games, you're thinking there's no way you can keep not losing, um, and it almost becomes sort of inevitable. You're kind of waiting for the defeat. Um, so it might be nice to sort of get a defeat out of the way, uh, mm. preferably against someone who's not going to hurt us and then uh, get back to winning ways. Well, it's it's an interesting point. We'll, we'll throw that one out for everyone else as well. If you're listening on the chat, let us know what you think about that. Would a win actually do us some good at this stage of the season? If you're listening on Twitter as well, the hashtag is NNMPod as normal. Let us know what you think. A um, couple of other guests on the podcast that we haven't come to yet, Adam and Michael. Uh, Michael, first of all, thanks for deputising in my absence a couple of weeks ago. I gather everything went OK. I haven't had a chance to listen back yet. <laughs> what did you make of the, the Forest game at the weekend? Um, I think it was a bit of a, a bit of a reality check, check, really. But at the same time, it was a good result to get a point away at Forest. Always good. Um, but from everything I've seen, they were all over us to put it in a 
layman's terms, but like I said, a point away at Forest, I'd be pleased with that any day of the week. And James said it, if you're winning, if you get a point away from home, you're going to be up in the mix at the end of the season as long as you could, your home form stays together. Was there anything in particular that, that stood out about Saturday's performance? The, the fact that maybe Forest was such a strong side and they played really well and we still managed to graft a point. Do you think that's a good sign for the rest of the season that we can scrap results out against these other top clubs? Yeah, and I, th- I think Dyche summed it up perfectly when he said in his post-match conference that uh, he talked about the honesty in the side. And you can see that all the boys are working for each other to be able to graf- grind out that type of result when you're under the cosh, it's brilliant. So I think it bodes well for the season. As long as we can get get back to winning ways again, I think we'll be all right. Adam, we'll come to you then. We'll, we'll stick clear of the, the cricket chat, I think. We'll we'll just stick to the football because I don't think any of us really want to go into the, the ashes <laughs> at the moment after the way that week's gone. What did you make of Forrest? Do you think the point was a good result in the end? Yeah, I think it's an, it's an excellent uh, point to get. I think um, it's one of those away games where you're... You'd, don't feel comfortable. You you don't feel like we're necessarily deserving of a point. Like we we really had to go there and earn that point. I thought uh, they're not you know they're not a bad team at all. And uh, and a draw a draw is a good result. Like um, uh, it's good that Vokes put away the penalty. That he's still got the confidence to do that. And uh, and I, th- I think it's the the draws that we've had are not necessarily against bad teams. Against maybe the the one against uh, Bournemouth at home. We feel like we should have. Uh, come away with a win, but but the sequence of results is not necessarily uh, a negative one, I think, and I think um, we should be back to winning ways, not before too long. One of the things I want to talk about a little bit later in the podcast, so get thinking about this, is I want to ask if if um, if the wheels are going to come off Burnley's season at any point, or if we are the real deal and we are going to be up there. Obviously, our lead was cut to just goal difference on Saturday after QPR and Leicester both won while we were drawing, so It'll be interesting to see if people think that this is maybe the beginning of the end, maybe, or if, if or if there's a good chance that we're going to carry on and pick up some victories. We've had a comment from Twitter already. Stato Pato says you shouldn't be wanting to lose. It's negative thoughts gets us nowhere. That's you told Natalie. He's not happy know, with ouch. you saying. <laughs> you Sorry. Saying we get <laughs> I was always throwing it out there. <laughs> I sort of see your argument. Being like we've been picking up these points, but. Maybe certainly a little bit fortunate in the Forest game. So maybe because we saw the disappointment, didn't we? After the after the Rovers game, that was when we went mm. on that really strong run, and it was the yeah. disappointment of that result that fueled us. So maybe if we did lose a game, that would allow us to bounce back. Um, I want to ask you about Dean Marnie as well. Actually, Marnie missed the game on Saturday. David Egger came in. Do you think we we missed something in midfield when Marnie's not there? Um, yes. Absolutely. Um, now, Edgar, for me, had um, a difficult game on Saturday, but, you know, it's very hard to come in um, when you're not playing every single game and slotting in a very difficult game as Saturday was. Um, but in previous performances, I've been really impressed with Edgar and I think he's slotted in quite well. Um, at the end of the day, you know, you're always going to have an off game, especially if you're not playing regularly. Um, for me, our absolute strongest teams when we have... Um, Marnie and, and Jones in midfield. I think they are just really, really, really strong. Um, how we replace them, I don't know, because they are both prone to a few knocks, as we've seen this season. They're always going to be prone to bookings. Um, on Saturday, for me, I, I think we missed him. Um, I, I think as well, one of the really 
dangerous um, bits about Forest play. They seemed to really create a lot of chances down, especially down the right wing. Um, and it was played like that where I think Marnie would have maybe um, cut them out and maybe just held the midfield a little bit stronger. So, yeah, we missed him for me, but I still think, um, apart from a slight off day on Saturday, I still do think that um, Edgar will provide some decent cover. Jules and Marnie complement each other really well, don't they? I think yeah, they're a perfect match-up in midfield. Um, yeah. One of the things we've talked about on the podcast before is when Marnie's been unavailable, the option of maybe moving Scott Arfield inside and bringing either Stanislaus or Tracy into the team. Do you think that may be an option for if Marnie's going to miss more games or would you rather have Edgar in midfield? Um, I think I'd rather have Edgar in midfield, to be honest, um, on the basis that the, the amount of... of opportunities that are being created on that wing when Scott is on that wing I think are just too important um, I, I just worry that we will lose um, the chances that we create if we bring him into the middle I don't think it's his natural spot to be honest um, What about you James I think we've we've asked you this question before but Edgar in midfield do you think that's really a good enough option as first reserve? Um, I wouldn't select him as first reserve to be honest but um, I well, obviously, a, Brian Stock should be first reserve, shouldn't he? Of course. <laughs> exactly. Um, I, I think he does a decent job. I mean, he was uh, he was very poor first 30 minutes at Millwall. Uh, he wasn't that bad at, at Forest, but he, he was a little bit anonymous, to be honest. It was uh, sometimes hard to realise he was even playing. What really surprised me is that later on, we didn't take off one of the strikers and maybe bring on Brian Stock to try and sort of part the bus. Because uh, Sam Vokes in particular was absolutely knackered at the end of that game. He, you know, he ran his uh, ran his socks off, and I think he was really struggling um, to sort of chase things down to, towards the last five minutes. Um, I think the reality is though, you're not going to get someone in who's uh, a sort of Dean Marnie style player as cover because those kind of players want to play. And at the on current form. You, you know, the way David Jones and uh, Dean Marnie play together, you can't really see anyone sort of managing to break that partnership up. It's one of the things we've, we've mentioned quite often on the podcast, isn't it? The difficulty in getting a lone player in when they are going to have to at least start on the bench. Um, you point there about Volks looking tired. I think that's understandable as well. Volks and Ings, obviously, both away on international duty. Ings for the under-21s, the England under-21s, and Sam Volks was away with Wales, so they haven't really had as much of a break as maybe some of the others. Um, there has been a story in the papers today, I think, Sean Dyche saying that we've been priced out of one of the players that we've been trying to get in over the window. Um, Natalie, do you think the money is there for a player or two or, or do you think it's a case of very much just being restricted in what we're able to do in the market? I think we're really restricted, um, to be honest. I mean, this is... This is a really difficult question to answer on the basis that the only people who know what funds we have available and how restricted we are are the board and the management side. And and, and rightly, in some respects, um, a lot of that information isn't made available available to fans. They are open as much as they can be, but I, I don't think it's any surprise that, that we are um, tightening up in terms of financial play. We have been told that there is going to be some money to, to um, spend on players, but... If we're already being priced out of people that we're looking for in a loan window, then I think the signs are looking that we've, we've really not got very much to spend. I think it's fair to assume that there is some money there, wasn't there? I mean, it was yes. fairly common knowledge that we were interested in Ashley Barnes, maybe offered around half a million pounds for him. So I think the money mm. is there. And when I interviewed Lee Hoos for the site earlier in the season, he made it quite clear that the, 
the co-chairman were prepared to write a check for the right player, but it was very yeah. much a case of it had to be the right deal. Um, Michael, we'll come back to you on that point. Actually, do you think a lone player is a necessary a necessity at this stage of the season, or do you think we we're going to be able to muddle on without the loan window closes soon? So if we don't get someone in, that'll be it for the winter. Um, when's it actually close? I can't remember. Is it the beginning of December? Um, I wish you hadn't asked because I haven't. Thursday. Checked. I'm sure it's very <laughs> soon. It's Thursday. Thursday. The loan window is Thursday. Um, well, yeah. If you set that into account, then um, we've got. A very congested bit of bit of um, fixtures coming up. You've got six games in December, with and then at the end of December you've got twelve games if you include the Huddersfield on the first of Jan. Uh, twelve days with four games, so it's. I think we need that bit of extra depth. And but the problem with say a striker is are they going to come in and play second fiddle, sit on the bench as been mentioned before. Um, the extra de- depth in midfield would be nice. As again, it showed this weekend that perhaps Edgar isn't good enough to start and play 90 minutes, where, whereas when you've got Marnie in there, we look a lot stronger in the middle. So I'd say we need we could do with a midfielder, but definitely another striker in there just to give the extra bit of depth after folks and Ings. Well, I read a comment on online this week actually saying you can't be top of the league and playing David Edgar in midfield. It's, it's just not going to work. <laughs> um, David, I think you're still still on the line with us, actually. Surely you've yeah. got a player or two we could borrow. You, your squad's huge. <laughs> you had Shellbar on the bench, who, for me, is one of the best players in the division. Like, how's that even possible? That's that's funny you should say that, because we were very excited to get Chalabert, but um, up until Saturday, frankly, he's been really poor. Now, that might be... I don't think there's any doubt in his class, but um, he, uh, he's just not been, sort of been, I don't know, used to, I guess, the way we play. But on Saturday, the second half was the best 30 minutes we've seen from him. And I think that really gave us a bit of hope for future. Um, there's a few players we could... Well, we've got you but... as well. Sorry, go on. While we've got you as well, I want to ask you about this media ban at yeah. Forest. As, yeah. as a supporter, what, what do you make of this banning journalists from the ground and Billy Davies not doing these press conferences? And What do you make of that? Uh, yeah, it's a really divisive issue. Uh, for, from my point of view, I, I do think it's very counterproductive. I understand his reasons for doing it, Billy Davis. I guess that's the kind of manager he is. But, um, you know, he, he won't talk to the BBC local radio Nottingham after games or the players aren't allowed either. And furthermore, he won't talk to the local newspaper either. I just think it's very counterproductive and possibly a little bit petty. I think he's a man who holds a grudge, isn't he, Billy Davis? We can certainly say that about him. I could probably spend another hour get all the ins and outs and the various things that come out of our club at the moment. But, um, you know, and, and there are things that are um, very, you know, like I said, dividing Forest fans. And uh, Billy Davis on the pitch, you know, very good, guarantees your playoffs off the pitch. I think there's a few issues to be resolved. I'm sure it'll all be forgiven if you do get promoted. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> We've had a couple of comments from listeners on our Mixel platform. Please do join in with your comments. That- of people throwing opinions at us. Alex, to be honest, says we need to win after three draws in the league now, especially against Huddersfield. Um, and he says the season depends on injuries, January transfers, and whether or not we beat Blackburn in March. Well, I'm sure that game's three points the same as the rest, but Burnley fans will, of course, be looking forward to finally getting a win. And Stato Pastel's been honest, well, he says Edgar's not good enough. He's only any good when you want it up with 15 minutes to go. Jack Cook back online would be nice to cover. I'm sure everyone would be. Delighted with that. Jack Court was one of my favourite players of recent years, I think. James, you were a Jack Court fan as well, weren't you? Oh, massive, massive Jack Court fan. He's a he's a fantastic player. And he can play 
sort of like Edgar tries to, you can put everywhere, uh, but he's actually very good everywhere. Um, and yeah, he's probably better than Stock Adam. He's uh, <laughs> like a good version of Brian Stock, isn't he, Jack Cole? Uh, I think he. I think he's got more attack into his game than than Brian Stock has. Um, if you play them both, I think in that anchor role, you can see a little bit of similarity. But obviously, Jack Cook's fantastic going forward. He's fantastic defensively. He can pass. You know, he's he's in good shape. He can run a lot. Um, I'm I'm really surprised to be honest that he he doesn't feature more at Southampton, but uh, I think he'd be a tough person to get in because he's he's going to be on some some wedge a week. Yeah, his wages would be silly. I'm sure we'd only be able to contribute part of his wages. Um, it's I think it's quite understandable why he doesn't start every week for Southampton. Schneiderlin's been fantastic this season. I spent what twelve million on Victor Wanyama or something, so they've got some good players in their midfield and it's crowded. So. Maybe he would be available on loan, but I'm sure it would be a difficult one for us to do just financially. Um, Adam, we'll come back to you, actually, on the, the topic of signings. Is, is there anyone out there putting you on the spot a little bit? Anyone out there that's caught your eye that maybe would be a good addition to the squad? It's always difficult, isn't it? Because you don't know whether you should look to get someone who's not playing a lot of uh, a lot of uh, minutes in the Premier League or whether you should look down lower in the leagues to pick up someone who's got a lot of potential and... Uh, and and is going to be moving up the leagues, you know, looking to to get towards the Premier League. There's no one in particular that I can think of um, right at the moment. But uh, regardless, I think we're going to need some bodies in either way. Uh, there's just not enough um, squad depth at the moment to get us through the end of the season. I'm not sure whether we need to get someone in before Thursday, but in the January transfer window, there's definitely going to need to be some activity. Um, uh, but also, you don't want to bring in too many to kind of disrupt the flow of, uh, of the team, if you know what I mean, like, especially if we're still on a roll come come January. Uh, you don't want to bring in any more than one or two, I think, because more than that, uh, it, it kind of throws everyone a little off their game. Yeah, it's tricky. I think the important thing for me is the, the fact that um, we've got this busy Christmas period and so many games in December, and if we don't have someone before that window we are maybe one or two injuries away from having real problems and not being able to put the team out. It's going to be competitive at the top of the league. Um, we'll throw that question out for the listeners as well. If you're out there, is there anyone in particular on loan that you think would be a, a good one to get in? Feel free to throw some names at us and we'll, we'll tell you if we agree or if we think you're talking rubbish. We've lost David. David's gone. Um, thanks for your time today, David. It was excellent to have a, a Forest perspective. We'll try and do that a bit more, I think, actually. It's good to have an opposition fan on every now and again. Um, there's no quiz today either. Actually, I've basically not had time to do a question, so no quiz, I'm afraid. Everyone in the chat will probably disappear now because we're only here for the quiz, and we do need to do a bit of a shout-out for Andy, who's quite often on the podcast, but he's suffering from an illness at the moment, a mystery illness, I think. He's been ill for a few weeks, so get well soon, Andy. Um... Right, so one of the things I wanted to talk about today was are we the real deal or are the wheels coming off? Michael, we'll kick off with you on this one. Do you think it's a bit of a blip at the moment, this little Winrust run, or do you think this is maybe the, the start of the, the end? No, I don't think the wheels have come off yet, but um, we're at a very, very pivotal point in the season and December's going to either make or break us, to be honest, because it's sandwiched in between our trip to Huddersfield. I mentioned it before. We've got between the game when we're playing at their place and coming back up back to Turf Moor, there's M six games. So it's it all depends on injuries. 
if the team can, if, if we've got the squad to get through it, really. But if we do, if, if we get managed to get through it, I think we'll be fine. I think we're going to be up there and, and, and in the mix. Uh, I don't see why, why not. We've got, we're solid at the back and we're scoring goals up top. So a couple of reinforcements in January, I think we'll be laughing. There are some very big games in December as well. There's Leicester away, which is going to be huge. Leicester just behind us at the moment. We've got Watford at home. Watford are another side who's going to be up there. There's Blackpool. Blackpool coming to the turf as well. Wigan away. There's some really, really big games coming up. Um, Ronan's been on the chat, actually. The point I asked about the loan players, he says Patrick Bamford are player we should be looking at. I think that's an excellent shout, actually. Um, Sean in the highlights I've seen in the football league show recently I think he's a Chelsea player is that right he's on loan at MK Don scored a few goals looks a very very handy player I'm not sure when their loan deal runs until but yeah it'll be an interesting shout if we could get him in on loan and I think he is the sort of mode of play we need to look for he is going to be a Premier League player who's untested really I think it'll be a young lad who's maybe happy to come and get some experience on the bench but we'll see throw some more names at us Patrick Bamford any of the panel know anything about Bamford? He's on loan until January 7th at MK Don, so he will be available when the window opens again. Any views on Bamford? I don't know who he is. That's awful, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all right. <laughs> Drawing a blank over here. At least here. you're honest. Everyone else, <laughs> Not everyone else lie. doesn't know him either. I, I know that he's 20 years old. Quiet. I know that he's 20 years old and six foot two inches. And from he's 20? <laughs> 20 years old, yeah. Okay. Um, he was previously at Forest for a year um, and what, and appeared twice for them with no goals. Can you tell I'm on Wikipedia? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Using that university education to get <laughs> Yep. Apparently, Nixon, our friend at the Mara, believes he'll be given a championship club in... The new year. Oh, God, don't get me started on. <laughs> I think that, that'd be a sensible plan, I think, from Chelsea's point of view to get him out to a higher level to see how he does. He seems quite highly rated by all accounts, Bamford, so... If, if he's gone to... Shout. Um, obviously if, not going to be available before Thursday because he's tied to MK Dons. If he's gone to MK Dons, then surely he's in our budget. You would think so, wouldn't you? You wouldn't think money would be a problem. And... Chelsea would um, probably be likely to to give him to us because we're at the top, or near the top. Maybe, maybe. I mean, we saw with Wickham, didn't we? I think Wickham's a good example of a player that we were apparently in for, but ended up going to a team at the bottom just because he was going to go straight into the side, and he scored a few, a couple of goals at least for Sheffield Wednesday. So it's it's. I don't think you can um, you can say how it's going to work for all of them. I think it's a case-by-case basis. It's difficult to have a hard and fast rule for for things like this, I think. But, yeah, Bamford's certainly an interesting one. Keep your names coming out as to these potential loan signings. Come back into the question I was asking before. Um, are the wheels coming off or are we the real deal? Adam Heap, what do you make of that? Um, I'm, does, I think I'm an optimist no matter what way you put it and but it was still my feeling early on in this uh, at the start of this undefeated run that we're on uh, that it wouldn't last the whole season I don't think there's many people that would argue it would go until the end of the whole season but um, but even so I think it's our squad size that's going to hold us back at some point uh, I mean Dice has been fantastic in using what we have to uh, to maximum effect I mean we're top of the table with with a far smaller squad than any other um, 
than than almost the rest of the division entirely. Uh, I think whether the wheels will come off or not depends on what sort of player movements we have in the transfer window. Um, uh, one or two in on loan would be great. Um, maybe one permanent buy if there's someone who who fits uh, what Dyche is looking to do with the team. Um, but you don't want to kind of disrupt the squad, like I was saying earlier. You could, but you also can't leave it threadbare at, and at risk of collapsing from exhaustion uh, next in the next half of the season. Um, we're about to enter that really busy period of December, and I think that game at Leicester is going to be really crucial to seeing whether or not we're up to the uh, the task of, of holding our ground or whether we're going to fall away from the top two by a few points. Um, we might struggle in the end of the season to match the teams who are going to be in those automatic places, but we should. I think we should, we're pretty comfortable for a top six finish. Well, I think we did the stat quite recently, didn't we, that there's only one team in the last 10 years or so that's been in a strong position as we are now that hasn't been in the top six. Um, on that question, James, I think we threw this out to the, the regular pool of writers on the site. And what was it you said about the, the wheels coming off? What was your line? I think the wheels are firmly bolted to the bus. Um, <laughs> I, mean, I, I don't see this. I don't, I don't see us missing the playoffs from this position. Um, and I mean, most likely, I think statistically, we're likely to finish second. So, I think roughly um, off the top of my head, but I think um, I, th- I think we're likely to still be around there at the end of the season unless you know we have something you know drastically go wrong. Um, we had another comment on that metaphor as well. I, I said you don't need to run with the wheels metaphor, but people still did. Thomas Pickles, he's a f- friend of the show, he's on the podcast fairly regularly. Said if the wheels come off, it doesn't matter because we are a hovercraft. Thomas Pickles, ladies and gentlemen. What a what a <laughs> poet that man is. <laughs> Thomas Pickles. What a guy, Thomas Pickles. <laughs> it's put me off Australia. I forgot what I was saying. Aidan said we're a backup striker and a midfielder away. Um, I think most people would probably agree with that. Natalie, to come back to you, do you yeah. see similarities this season with the small squad that Owen Coyle got promoted? It's, it's basically the same team, isn't it, every week? Yeah, I think that was going to be my comment that I would have made. I agree with what everybody says. You know, everybody seems to be saying that we are the real deal, and I do absolutely believe that. For me, we are we are going to go up this season, and I really do genuinely believe that. And I know the concerns about the squad. I know about the risks that we may lose people in January. I know people are already, other clubs are already sniffing around. Also, as well, there's always the danger that somebody may come in for Deitch as well. We've got to bear that in mind. But for me, um, if we compare this squad to the champion, to the promotion squad a lot of people credited us at the time that season with it actually being the small squad that got us to the playoffs and got us through that because the 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 small squad formed a really tight-knit team who just played for each other they knew where everybody was um, coming from exactly what they needed to do and this squad feels exactly the same it feels like it's a really tight unit except we have a better defense and we're scoring more goals so for me we just we're following the blueprint set by the the promotion team but better so for me yes we are the real deal and we're going up there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed it. You, <laughs> you s- summarised your arguments at the end there. I can yeah. tell you're a lawyer. That was well done, me. <laughs> Having a lawyer on the podcast could be useful in the future, actually. I think we have some nice. legally dubious comments fairly often, not only from James <laughs> Burst. <laughs> yeah. I'm not a libel lawyer, though. Please don't put me that much on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> Need someone to keep James in check, I think. Yeah, that, that's not possible in any way, shape or form. <laughs> 
so to come back to you, James, why are you so confident that that this is going to carry on for a while? What is it about the current squad that you think is so good? Oh, they've, they've just been fantastic all season. I, I was actually looking at the the fixture list earlier. I only missed two league games this season, um, and we've been absolutely fantastic every game I've watched. So, um, just on that basis, I just can't. I just can't see anything changing. I, I just see us carrying on the same way. Do you not think the small squad might catch up with us at some point? A couple of injuries could cause big problems. They could do, but I think um, I mean the fitness has been set up right. You know, they, they clearly did a lot of work in pre-season, and once you've got that sort of base fitness level, you don't really need to do a lot during the season. So, you know, I know some people were concerned a while ago when uh, Dice said that they, they barely trained for a week. Um, I don't think that's really an issue. You know, they've all got that base fitness there. At this point, you can only really tweak things. You can't, you know, go to the training ground and drastically change what you're doing. Um, you know, if you've not got your system together by, you know, nearly December, you're probably not going to get it together at all. So um, I don't think that's really a concern. Obviously, you could get a couple of injuries here and there, suspensions, but I think there's a depth there to be able to cover, you know, one or two at a time. You know, maybe it's a problem if you lose both centre midfielders at once, but I don't think there's many teams out there, in this league at least, that could lose both centre midfielders and not sort of suffer a little bit, even if they have more backup than we do. I th- I think the concern is this loan window, and that if if we don't get a couple of players in, even just as cover, that we've got such a long winter with a small squad. I think it will be difficult, and there's two or three players I think we'd find it very hard to replace for any length of time. I think players like Shackle, Jones, and Volks over Rings for me. I think if any of them were injured for any length of time, it'd be difficult. We yeah, still... I mean, there's things we can do though. You know, if uh, one of the strikers goes down. You can always play someone like Kiteley Stanislas off off the other striker. Yeah, there is, uh, you there don't just have to turn to Noble. But also, it's worth remembering that the gap between the loan window shutting and the transfer window opening is not really that big. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's just over big, a month. There are quite a lot of games in that period. Yeah, but I mean, it's just over a month. I think, you know, when you look at the teams you're playing over Christmas, I don't think it's uh, the worst run. Okay, well, that's interesting. I think the Christmas run could be quite difficult, but I suppose you top of the table, nobody, nobody's that frightening, really. So, yeah, yeah I, th- I think we have the tougher games before then. Obviously, Leicester on the 14th is a massive game. Um, yeah, that's on telly as well. The last game, isn't it? So that's a that's a you know a must draw at least. You know, you'd like to win it, but I think you know in your in your mind you go in there thinking a point would be a, a really big result coming out of this. So turning attentions to Huddersfield then, we heard today from the club that it's actually a sellout already, the away end. 3,000 tickets have been sold for Burnley fans. There's going to be some more on sale tomorrow. Um, these are, there was a stat as well. I think Burnley are the third best supported away support, <laughs> if that makes any sense. There's only yeah, two clubs taken bigger away followings. I think. Or was that just this weekend? I thought I it was, it was just a, this a weekend, season. Yeah. Oh, fair enough. There was a lot of fans went to Forest as well. But three thousand fans going to Huddersfield. Obviously, it's only a short trip, but that's outstanding support, and it'll be almost three and a half thousand. So I was really looking forward to that game, but I found out today that my dad didn't get tickets after all because they were sold out. So I'm trying to persuade him to go again in the morning, <laughs> get himself down to the turf. It's not like he's got anything else to do, so he's to get you down can to the ring. Turf. You can ring up and get them, Jamie. 
Can you? you I can, thought yeah, you can. On the website, it said just at the ticket office. It did. I did exactly the same thing today in that I'd waited to get my tickets and um, I saw that they were sold out today. So I called the club shop. It's a bit of inside information for you. And they did say that um, they will sell them over the telephone tomorrow, but they are expecting the phones to be busy and they've only got about 200 tickets extra. Um, they are expecting them to oh, go right. very quickly, but you can try and ring up. Well, I shall try then. That's interesting information from Natalie. I'm sure they'll go extremely quickly. It's yeah. obviously a hotly awaited game, but hopefully we'll perform better there than we did last year. That was one of the worst performances of the season, I think, early on. Jordan Rhodes was still playing for Odysseus and scored um, one of the two goals. I think it was a really, really poor performance. Adam, we'll come back to you. You've been a bit quiet because it's been such a busy podcast. Have you dug up any stats for us? You're my reliable stats chap. You must have a stat for us. I don't have stats. I've actually been looking at... Uh, don't have any post- stats. What, what are you doing on the podcast? Get out. I'm trying <laughs> to no stay awake. It's, it's always four in the morning over here, mate. Um, <laughs> uh, but I have been looking at uh, players uh, to, to who might be able to come in and supplement the squad. Like, uh, I still think we should have a look at getting uh, uh, John Guidetti from Manchester City. Uh, who, He's on who the bench, never seems to, He's on the bench. Never seems to get playing time there, but... Uh, but, but uh, for some reason, they never let him go out on loan, even though he's apparently the next big thing. Um, I think I think he might be decent, but the, there's a lot of um, Harry Bunn as well as a number another member of Manchester City's youth squad who's been out on loan at a couple of uh, clubs around us: uh, Rochdale, Preston, Oldham, uh, and and has uh, been quite good for them. So. Um, I don't know what's happening. Um, I think Jamie's I should... gone. Jamie's Has just Jamie disappeared. Tum- tumble oh, sorry. Gone. No, I'm still here. It all went quiet at my end. I thought my technology had let me down. Um, I was just about <laughs> to say, point on John Gadetti. I think he was on the bench at the weekend, but obviously the way City are playing, at home at least with Aguero and Negredo, he's obviously not going to get a look in there. So maybe an interesting one. We did have a couple of names actually um, suggested on the chat. I think Harry Kane... The Spurs striker was someone that was put forward. And Marcus Rosenberg as well from West Brom, from Stato Pato. Harry, Harry Kane, going to say, good on Football Manager. So, <laughs> yeah. Tell us about Harry Kane on Football Manager, please do. He, he's, a, he's a great loan signing on Football Manager. So, you know, maybe that can translate into real life. He's a great loan signing. <laughs> you should... You should let Sean Dyche know about that. So Harry Kane will do the business. He was at Millwall. Last season, I think he, he did okay. Uh, Michael, you've got some stats for us, have you? Yes, I took up a few a few emergency last minute stats for you. After <laughs> Adams like, let us down. <laughs> Poor do Adam. Um, it's the last time you'll be invited on. <laughs> form wise, they're um, they're pretty out of form. Apart from the win at the weekend, they've only got eight points from the last eight games. Um, so hopefully that's that's a good one for us. And apart from the appalling performance last season at the 2-0 loss. We haven't been beat again since 1956, but that's only nine away games, unfortunately. Oh, well, that's interesting. I'm sure James will go into more detail on our record of whatever the stadium's called this week at Huddersfield in his previous encounters column, which should be on the site Saturday morning for you to read on your way to the game or if you're not going before you listen to the podcast. Um... 
yeah, Huddersfield. It's it's a funny one. Is Huddersfield really because it, it's a new ground, but it's in the town centre pretty much. It's just round the corner. Natalie, I think you've got tickets already, don't you? You're looking forward to Saturday. It should be a good away day, shouldn't it? Yes, it is. I was actually at um, Huddersfield's ground for the Rugby World Cup, the England-Ireland game. I'm not very good at rugby, so apologies. Um, and it's actually it's my first visit there, and it's actually a really nice little ground. Um, I'm, I'm just hoping that they just pick themselves up from what what they perceive to be a disappointing performance. I think one of the reoccurring themes that we've heard from Dyke recently is, is that the players are disappointed. And whilst he's happy with that, he wants them to perform well and he wants them to be ambitious in their play. I just hope that that's not sort of niggling in the back of their minds and, and making them lose a little bit of confidence. I'd quite like to see them go on Saturday and just play freely and um, just with their, their heads up again and just with a little bit more spring in the step and just even if even if it's not um, you know a performance of the QPR standard just just to play a little with a bit a little bit more happiness and a bit more of a smile on the face. I thought they were really interesting comments from from the manager actually that the players were so disappointed with the performance. Mm. I thought that was extremely positive that the players thought that they, they could have given yeah. more but that we still got a point and probably deserved to get a point. I just want to ask you as well about the pressure that the players are under. Do you think they're feeling any pressure at the moment? Obviously QPR and Leicester caught us up at the weekend. We top just on goal difference now. Do you think having those two big clubs chasing us down is going to have an impact or are we still buoyed by the fact that we've started the season so well? Um, I think I touched on this a little bit earlier on. On Saturday, I did feel that. Um, I mean, it, that was just my feeling when I left the game and that was, I think, what I was coming from when I was talking about the, the, the nerves about them not losing the game as yet and I wondered whether this almost needed to get that out of the way. Um, they, they did look a little bit nervous on Saturday. Um, I don't, I don't think they're feeling pressure and I think the reason why is I don't think Dutch will let them feel the pressure. Um, he is um, he's a very strong leader and he's a very strong man-manager and no matter what the players and any wobbles that they have in any way, he does pick them back up and I think he really focuses the mind. Um, so I think even if they did start to, to, talk, to chalk a little bit or they did start to, on the flip side of that, get a little bit ahead of themselves, I think he would just keep them grounded and keep them focused. So... No, I'm going to say no. I don't think they are pressured. Interesting stuff. Interesting stuff. We've had a comment as well um, on Harry Bunn, which was a signing put forward by our Australian correspondent, Adam Heap. Um, Apparently, Harry Bunn is injured for the season, so probably not a target. And um, Stasso Paso says he's crap as well. So that's two reasons why we won't be signing <laughs> Harry Bunn. Um, I think we've been bullying Adam a little bit today, but we're just trying to get preemptive strikes in <laughs> over the cricket, which we aren't talking about because it's not relevant because it's a totally different sport. Yeah, absolutely not relevant <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah, cr- cricket's a stupid game anyway, so we'll just uh, move on, move on from that. Um, James, is there any pressure on us for the weekend? You think Huddersfield away is the sort of game we should be looking to win, isn't it? Um, yeah, but I think if you start talking about pressure, that probably causes pressure. You know what I mean? I well, don't think there's really any. I don't pressure think any of the players are listening to the podcast. I mean, feel free to. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? Well, they're all with me. If you're out there. <laughs> well, well, we, yeah. we know some of the players read the site, but I don't know if any of them listen to the podcast. <laughs> Uh, well, I think if we're talking about pressure, you know, people are, people who follow us are talking about pressure. I think others are talking about talking about pressure too, and I'm sure they they hear some of it, you know, whether they intend to or not. 
I think it's probably hard to avoid, you know, sort of the local media. Um, but I don't think there is a lot of pressure. It's a, you know, it's a game I think they'll want to win. You know, there'll be a Scott Arfield obviously be, have a, a point to prove. So um, I think it'll be a game that we'll probably comfortably win. Absolutely. Scott Arfield's an excellent point. I'm glad you raised that because I want to talk about Martin Patterson next, the ex Burnley striker who went to Huddersfield at the end of the season. Said he wanted to play up front and he was going to get the opportunities at Huddersfield, but it took him until Saturday to get his first goal for his new club. Uh, that is because he punched someone, so. Allegedly. <laughs> he allegedly punched his the bus Allegedly team, he punched his teammate. And he tried to again in his celebration. The bus. Jason, <laughs> I tell you, I wasn't a libel lawyer. Please stop. <laughs> well, this is the celebration thing is undisputable. It's on video, on the okay. It's Clayton, wasn't it? I think the the both it, got put back to the side and both scored at the weekend. Yeah, they they were both on the interview as yeah. well on Sky Sports after. Uh, I didn't know just, what happened. They hugged it out and everything, but uh, there did seem to be there did seem to be a little bit of sort of tension. Interesting. Pato was actually offside for his goal, which I'm sure Burnley fans are used to Martin Patterson being offside. Michael, what sort of rep- um, reception do you think Pato will get from the Burnley fans? Do you think everyone will remember the 19 goals in the promotion season or will they remember the injury-affected player of the last few years? I, I hope they'll they'll remember him as the 19-goal striker. He was one of them who I, I really enjoyed him, but when he got his injuries, he started to fade, fade quite a lot and just wasn't as effective anymore. And my biggest worry is that he might have seen us as trying to malign him and he might, he might want to have a go at us. And I think his running could cause us problems. But that's only if he's capable of it and not only if he starts. I think there's a good chance he'll end up. He'll, he'll probably be on the bench and maybe come off it towards the end. It will be interesting to see if he starts. I think he's been on the bench a lot recently just because he wasn't scoring, but... Um, it would be good management, I think, to start him and start him up front in his best position just to see if he can prove anything against his old club. It will be very interesting to see how he does. I'm sure Shackle and Duff will be quite confident of, of coping. Obviously, Duff, an international teammate as well, of Martin Patson's, both Northern Ireland players. But yeah, Patos return to play Burnley. Scott Arfield as well, we... Can't forget about Scott Arfield. He was sort of dispensed with by Huddersfield and he's turned into one of our most important players. Um, what are some predictions then, I think, before we wrap up for, for the for the for the podcast today? Adam, we'll start with you. Prediction for Saturday's game, Huddersfield away. Um, I think it's a pretty winnable game. Um I think we're gonna get back into form and I think we're gonna win it two one. Two one? That's a, a... Decent markers to start with. What about you, Michael? 2-1, two, two, while, while I'm at it, 2-1 with a Scott Arfield brace. <laughs> That's very, very specific there from Adam. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm also, I also have 2-1, two, 2-1 one, two, two, one Burnley. Um, I think Danny Ings will open the score and then we'll go 2 up before conceding on a late one. But yeah, 2-1 for me as well. Are you going to break the, the run or are you going for 2-1 as well, James? I think we'll keep a clean sheet. Um, we'll win, and we'll win by enough to at least get me half-priced pizza from Papa John. So, uh, <laughs> two two nil or more. I tried to order from Papa John's, and they don't have a, a shopping Leeds. I was devastated. Oh, I had a nightmare last night after the Millwall game. Obviously, we won two 0 So I thought half-priced Papa John's. That's what I was going to say. 
I was at my friend's in London and uh, he somehow managed to deliver the same order twice. And we're really keen to get twice the money off me. But I was like, why would I order the same thing on two separate orders, 20 seconds apart? You've clearly <laughs> made a mistake. Maybe you Thanks ordered it pizza. and then 20 Bye. seconds later thought, that's not going to be enough. I need more pizza, more pizza. Now, have you seen the size of their extra, extra watch? I haven't because they don't have a shopping lead. Well, it's, <laughs> it's big. It's big. And then because I had to meet the minimum delivery because of the half price thing, it was under £10. I got like a side, which was basically another pizza, but without any toppings. Uh, thankfully, there were plenty of people at my mate's house to to pass pizza off onto. Brilliant! That was um, James Byrne and his his pizza story. There, I was actually while you were boring on about pizza, I was just having a look at the recent results, and we haven't kept a clean sheet since QPR, so it would be very welcome if we can win with a clean sheet. Adam, what about you? Prediction from you? Uh, I think we're going to keep a clean sheet too. Um, and I'm going to go 2 0 uh, with the defence to keep up their kind of uh, good form. And a half past pizza. Everyone seems you. extremely. <laughs> half past pizza for everyone apart from me because there's no Papa John's. <laughs> um, from... I, I got, I've got a story about Papa John's though. Oh, go on then. They, um, they put a leaflet through, through our letterbox um, saying, We deliver free. And I uh, looked it up online, and they don't even deliver here. So that's my I story. had the same oh. thing with Pizza Hut. That happened that to me with just, Pizza Hut. That's, it's it's that like, means. why why tease me like that? Stop <laughs> stop teasing me. Their pizza's very good as well. So Yeah, Just that's infuriating. I'm surprised how positive everyone's been with the predictions, by the way. I thought that people would be a bit more downbeat after not winning for a few weeks, but everyone seemed pretty confident. What about you, Natalie? I am going clean sheet. I am going an outstanding performance, and I'm going to go four nil. Four nil, bloody yep, hell! I think we're going to absolutely run riot on Saturday. I think they're going to get back in the zone. I think there will be two for Ings, one for Sam, and one for Scotty. I'm going four nil. There you go. Back of the net, very specific. Very we had a couple specific. of predictions as well from people on the. On the chat before we wrap up for the day, Stato Passos says seven once Burnley, so even more confident than than Brommers there. But no clean sheet, no clean sheet from Stato Passos. Presumably going to be Pato on the score sheet. And Roger says that we two 0 with Vings on the score sheet. And that'll be a popular shout with both mm. strikers on the score sheet. It's been an Buy enjoyable podcast. Sorry, what was that, James? Buy a t-shirt. Just if you want. <laughs> I was going to do the T-shirt, Paul. Honest, honest, I was. As <laughs> James just mentioned there, we do have T-shirts available on sale, actually. Ving's T-shirts branded with the known and ever web address as well. We've seen some people on Twitter, actually, have been having their pictures taken, sporting their new T-shirts. I think they're available in black and white. And they are an excellent, excellent Christmas present as well. The web address is nonenever.spreadshirt.co.uk. We don't make any profits on those shirts. So don't think that we're all going to be sat around in baths full of £20 notes with the money we're making off these T-shirts. Because we're not making any money off them all. We're doing I don't know about you, to... Jamie, but I drove my Ferrari home from work today. <laughs> so you might not be making money, but I am. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I knew you wanted to sell these T-shirts for a reason. So, yeah, buy a T-shirt, buy a T-shirt for a loved one at Christmas. Uh, the web address, again, is nonenever.spreadshirt.co.uk. They're very reasonably priced and extremely high-quality products. Now that that pug's done, I think <laughs> Startle Pattle says we should have Papa John's T-shirts. That's 
I think that would be a copyright issue. Would that be copyright, Bromers? I think that would be copyright, wouldn't it? I don't think we I could think do it that. most certainly would. <laughs> I bet I bet Papa John will sort of, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I, I bet they'll I bet they'll sort something out of us if we got in touch. We could get a free pizza. pizza. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great, wouldn't it? Except they don't deliver to Leeds, so it won't be any good. Oh, I'll get free pizza, so. <laughs> free pizza for James. I think we'll leave it there. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. We had David, the Forest fan, on earlier in the show. We've had Natalie on for the first time. James, Michael and Adam as well. We'll be back on Saturday for the live blog. If you're not going to Huddersfield, that'll be about half past two, and we'll be back next Monday as well for the podcast. Thanks a lot for listening. Thanks a lot for all your comments. It's been a pleasure, as always, and we'll be back next time. Thanks a lot. Bye. 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 You've been listening to the No Nay Never podcast. For more, visit nonaynever.net. And don't forget, follow us on Twitter at nonaynevernet. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.